So hey guys, here we are back streaming services again. I would say this is an unconventional week or something like that, but it's kind of an unconventional year. <laughs> in, the, in, in a year like this year, uh, streaming a service this week doesn't even seem like a big deal. So I hope that you guys are all doing well. I hope no one else is sick and I hope that you know next week we can be back together and everything can be fine and I'm assuming that's gonna be the case. Um, but I, I have a message I wanna share with you uh, it's about unconventional things. It's an unconventional process and an unconventional uh, thing that God did. And uh, it's a message I've shared before. I'm calling it Slinging Stones. And it's a story about uh, David, uh, King David. Um, and I've shared it here. I actually looked at the notes. Uh, I shared a message based on the same thing in um, about four years ago. And I'd also shared it, I think, about five years before that. So maybe every four or five years <laughs> we'll recap on this story. Um, but it's something I think is kind of a message God's given me um, to carry and remember. And I kind of want to tell it again just to remember it myself. And the story is, I'm just going to give you this paraphrase. This comes out of the book of 1 Samuel um, chapters 15 through 18. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase a lot and just read a few verses. So let me pray and then we'll just get through it. So Father, I pray that you would bless this time, bless this message. Let it speak to those who need to hear it and speak clearly through through these words in Jesus' name. Amen. And the core verse I want to share with this is, um, you find the prophet saying this in 1 Samuel 16, 7, The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's going to be the core of this whole message. And it's an unconventional story for unconventional times. So, paraphrasing this. So, Israel is formed as a nation, and they, and they um, have judges and people helping rule, but then they keep saying to God, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king, like everybody else has a king, and God's like, no, I'm your king, no, we want a king, okay, you know, so finally, finally God says, okay, I'll give you a king, but it's, it's not gonna be um, as good as you think, but I'll do it. And so he gives them the king, and the king is Saul, and Saul at first does pretty good, but then starts doing not so good. And so that's kind of where our story picks up. So um, Saul finally disobeys God in a way um, that God says, okay, I'm done with this guy. And he tells the prophet um, Samuel to go tell him, like, look, my anointing is leaving you, and you're no longer going to be the king. I'm going to choose somebody better. And so he does. And the prophet now has the job. So there's a current king. So Israel has a king. I want to make sure that's very clear. He has a king. And now God is disapproving of this king, and he's saying, let's go to another king. And he tells the prophet, all right, go. You're going to go anoint a new king. And so he sends him on his way to do that, and he's listening to God and following God's instruction. And he goes to Bethlehem um, and finds uh, Jesse, and he's like, this is where this is going to be. And so Jesse brings forth his sons, and he meets with them. And he's like, he sees the eldest and he assumes, oh, this is the guy. I mean, he's handsome and strong and all this sort of thing. And God's like, no, that's not him. And that's where we find this verse. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so slowly Jesse brings his other sons and then the prophet's like, none of these guys are the guy. Where's, is, is there, do you not have another son? I mean, God is telling me there's somebody else. And he's like, well, I do have one last son, David, but he's out with the sheep. And they're like, well, you better go get him. And it turns out that, um, that uh, David is the king that uh, Saul's, or that sorry, that Samuel is looking for. So he anoints him as king, and they kind of celebrate together a little bit. And then Samuel <laughs> leaves. And so we find this. This is the situation we're in now. Israel has a king. God's not happy with the king. God moves his anointing to a new king, 
and um, the old king is still in place, and the new king has now been anointed, but he's not king yet. See, when Samuel, when when they anoint Saul as king, it's a big deal. There's a big procession, and then Samuel kind of like like he writes down the duties and the rights of the king in the scroll and they kind of like Saul's on the job like he's the king now and he's doing the king things now David this is now anointed king while Saul still is king and he isn't the king yet so he's caught in this weird in-between phase and that's really what I want us to focus on because um, I think some of us have been called to things and anointed for things that they haven't seen come to fruition yet and there may be other people doing those things and it's confusing to say, you know, it's simple when like Saul is anointed king and he immediately starts serving as king. But David now is anointed king and there's a gap of time before he starts serving as king. And what's up with that amount of time? What's up with that gap of time and what is God doing there? And so David continues shepherding and he's serving his father. He's being a good son. And it says the Spirit of the Lord rests on him, but it doesn't really give a whole lot of detail about that. So he's still out doing the same job. So he came in from shepherding, is now anointed king, and is now sent back out to be shepherding again. I would think this is a very confusing time for the guy. He's like, so am I king or not? What am I doing? The prophet's gone, you know, and uh, he's got a lot to think about um, because of that. And so... What I want us to think about is the fact that God knows what he's doing. And so God knows to tell the prophet it's time to anoint a new king. And God knows that it's David. And God knows all of this. And God knows that David's a shepherd. And God knows that Saul is still serving as the king. And God knows that uh, David is serving as a shepherd right now. And that's exactly what God wants. But it's exactly opposite of what we might think. We might think that, okay, well, if this guy's going to be the next king, you better start training the guy up. You better start giving him the kind of instruction that a king might get. You might, you need to teach him how to be a king or train him or something like that. And I can see David sitting out with sheep being like, I don't know, maybe that guy was crazy. I mean, maybe I'm, I don't have any idea what that guy was talking about, or I don't know, maybe this is all wrong, or it seems like it's right, but why am I out here doing the shepherding thing? And meanwhile, the whole time, God is training him in his own way. And so David, while he's a shepherd, he's, he plays music well, and this is well known. And so now that God's anointing has left Saul, Saul is tormented by depression and evil thoughts. And so his people, they're like, we need to get somebody in here who's like a musician to play so that the evil spirits will leave or stop tormenting Saul, which is an interesting thump, you know, note for music. As a musician, I kind of like <laughs> the idea that they somehow knew that music would somehow help and drive away the demons and uh, um, or whatever that is. And so the word is out that David's really good at playing. And so they're like, bring that guy in. So now maybe David's out there in the fields all alone. And then they go, hey, the king wants to ha you know, have you come and they want you to play for the king. He's like, okay, cool. Now I'm at least getting a little closer to king type stuff. <laughs> and he goes in and he starts playing and it helps the king. And the king starts to like him. And even gives him the job um, as the king's armor bearer. And so he's starting to be exposed a little bit to kingly responsibility, but certainly not permanently or not forever, because we find as the story goes on that David's back tending sheep again. And so even though he's had a touch of, you know, interaction with kingly affairs, he's still not 
got a clear path of how to get there or what even he's supposed to be doing in regards in relationship to that and also the fact that he's anointed king currently and there's somebody else still serving is very confusing but anyway so the story goes on many of us know it where goliath well the the the, the philistines attack um the hebrew people and they go out to meet them in a battlefield and instead of the normal battling they would do the Philistines have a giant on their payroll <laughs> and he's literally a giant says he's nine feet tall and he comes out and starts to taunt Israel and saying hey look just send out one guy to fight me if I win you guys lose and if you if he wins we all lose and of course he makes a you know uh, wants to make a deal like that because he's he's got all the advantage I mean he's a giant and um, so of course everybody's afraid because nobody wants to fight a giant. Um, and so for 40 days this goes on and David's not there. David is back tending sheep again. Um, but his brothers are there. His older brothers are there at this battle and nobody knows what to do because there's a giant and they're being taunted by him daily. And he's not only taunting them, he's taunting them and taunting the fact he's taunting God via them. Like saying like, oh yeah, see you guys think you're God's people and you can't even deal with me. You know, and so here they have now a giant problem, a king-sized problem, and David's nowhere to be found. He's serving faithfully his father's flocks, and the battle is somewhere else. So here we have again, a, you know, you would think David being uh, anointed as king, that he'd be right in the middle of all of this, but he's not. He's where God has him, which is not there. But then David's father says, you know, I have these provisions, some food, some cheese and stuff, and I want you to take this to your brothers and just come back and tell me how they're doing. So David's like, okay, I'll do that. So they send David down to find out um, how his brothers are doing, make sure they're okay. And while he's there, he sees this whole crazy thing happening that, want, you know, it's been going on for 40 days. Every day they go down and this giant Goliath comes out and says, is anybody man enough to fight me? And all this kind of thing. And they're all like, no, we're too scared. And, um, David is just incensed by this. He's like, what? Who does this guy even think he is? And he's like, why is no one fighting him? And so this is the interesting thing. So he, David has the only kingly response. So Saul hasn't done anything. None of these other warriors have done anything. And then, then here you have this guy who's, bas who's basically been trained as a shepherd coming out and saying, why is anybody, why is no one taking care of this? I'll take care of it. And the immediate response from his brothers is totally like to mock him. And one of them says, you know, what are you doing anyway? And like, what I hear from that is, who do you think you are? But then they continue to talk and say, you know, what about those sheep you need to be tending to? So now, now they're just like putting him down just because he's younger, but also just because like, you don't know anything about any of this. You haven't been trained as a warrior. You haven't been trained at all. You just are a big shot. You think you're whatever, you know? But Saul hears that David is interested in taking up the challenge, and he knows David, remember, because he would come play the music for him. So he calls him in, and he's like, David, this is crazy. You can't be doing this. This is not a good idea. And David says, I can totally do this. Um, because what David didn't understand until maybe that moment is that he had been anointed king, and we would think, people might think, that he needs to be on a path to be trained as a king. But God, when he say like, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God had 
a heart training for David that didn't just teach him how to look like a king or, th or, or appear like a king or whatever the kind of things we think kings would do. He was teaching him how to be a warrior. And it came about in an interesting way because David says to Saul, he's like, you know, I don't see the difference between, um, look, I've been a shepherd out taking care of sheep like by myself or with limited help for a long time. And we get, it's not like things go well all the time, you know? I've been, I, he's, he tells him that I've fought off lions and I've fought off bears with my bare hands. Like I've beat them with clubs and stuff. So I think I can take this guy because I fought bears and lions. And I can see Saul going, okay, <laughs> I haven't done that, you know? <laughs> and so God the whole time knew what he needed him to do, you know, because everybody that had been trained in the typical military path or trained in the typical kingly path or typical path looked at this giant and said, this, there's no way to, to beat this guy. This guy, is he's bigger than all of us. He's stronger than all of us. He's just going to win. David, who had been anointed by God and put on a separate path, had been trained in a different way to see things differently and all of a sudden could see, I don't have to fight him. The way, because like what happens is Saul finally goes, okay, I like, yes, let's try this, but you've got to at least take my armor. Like, you know, that armor you used to help me care for? Like, you, so David's like, okay, look, I'll try it on and everything. So David like tries it on. So he tries to, tries on the things to look like a king, to look like the way everybody else would do it. And he's like, I just can't do this. Like, I'm not used to these things. I'll, it's just not gonna work for me. I need to just do it the way I know. But the way he knows is so unconventional because if he tries to meet Goliath on Goliath's terms, or the giant on the giant's terms, or the battle on maybe even the battle's terms, he's, 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 he's done for. This guy's nine feet tall, he could crush him. But David's like, I've fought off bears, I've fought off lions, I have a sling and I've gotten really good at it. I can just throw a rock at this guy and he's done. And I could see everybody going, maybe he's right. <laughs> Because we've never thought like that. Because we were trained to think a different way. We have been built into a box to where we couldn't see this as an option. This guy's coming from somewhere else, which is something God had set up the whole time, to where he's not limited in that way. And all of a sudden, he can see a solution that just wasn't available to anybody else. I'm not sure there wasn't somebody else there that was also good with slings. I think there were, typically in an army, even people that that was part of their, you know, there were guys that did that kind of thing. And they might have gone, huh, yeah, you know, good idea. They still might not have want to be the guy I go out and actually do it. But, you know, there's often times in life where struggles come at us or battles come at us or giants come at us. And they like to dictate the terms with which we can interact with them. And I think that if we go about our lives in the conventional way. And, and it's not to just say that things that are unconventional are better. It's not to say that. I'm, I'm not saying that. What it is saying is that God knows what God's doing. And whether our path in life is conventional or unconventional, He's doing what He's doing for a reason. And we need to learn to trust that. Because here you have David who's been trained in a very unconventional way, but then put in a typical king situation and he's the only one with the solution in mind. And it works. So he goes out and faces the giant by himself. And he he throws a rock at, and it says it buries in the giant's head and he falls down dead. And David wins. 
and there's a great victory and everybody's excited and, and it starts a whole kind of chain of events. But here's an interesting thing. At the end of this part of the story, which is where we're going to stop, David still is not the king. Saul is still the king. And there still has to be a whole bunch of other little things that happen for David to become the king. So even at this point in his life where he's seen great success after following and trusting in God's training for his life, he still, still has to trust God because he's not in the final position that God has put him in. And so what I want us to, to take away from this is that no matter where we are, no matter what we've been going through, no matter what has happened in our lives and no matter what uh, we've experienced, God can and does and will use all of that for the good of those who love him, which is us. And that we don't have to be afraid of it. And that we also don't have to meet the world's struggles on those world's terms. We are now citizens of a higher kingdom and we can move with our king calling the, the shots, which is Jesus. And Jesus, uh, we don't have to be shamed by the things that the world thinks is shameful. And we don't have to be, we're just not measured in the same way. We can rise above all these things. And it says, because of this, the same verse, 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Father, I pray that we would be people that look at the heart, but people that also have hearts formed in your image and help us to see things the way you see them and open our eyes um, in the ways we have it, Lord. And help us to meet the challenges in our life with your creativity and recognizing your formation in us of unconventional solutions, Lord. And help us to be people of divine creativity and solution. In Jesus' name, amen. And as I was thinking of speaking on this this week, I just started singing... Um, like a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you a partially written song. I want to share with you another partially written song uh, to close out the service today.
slinging stone Slinging stones. I've been slinging stones. 